Welcome to Sports Bolt, a Baltimore sports collectibles podcast. I'm Danny Black, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about sports cards, collectibles, and the entire hobby industry. We're going to cover topical news, industry guests, and anything else that crosses my mind. I hope you'll subscribe, join us as often as I can get these out, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to a very special edition of Sports Balt, a Baltimore sports collectibles podcast. I am really excited today because uh, this is something I've wanted to share for a long time. Uh, I was lucky enough to be involved in a uh, sale last year with a client in Baltimore, who uh, we'll hear from in a minute, uh, who was selling some extremely rare PSA 10 Cal Ripken rookies and trying to uh, purchase what, what I still think is the holy grail of Cal Ripken cards. Uh, it's a card that's uh, not very well known. Uh, Cal Ripken only has four minor league cards. Uh, I've recommended uh, several times if people are looking for rare cards to look for his uh, Rochester TCMA card. And Joe will touch on that. But uh, what he got is far and beyond uh, more special than that. So uh, I just uh, was glad he agreed to come on today. Uh, as a Baltimore fan, I want to share a little bit of my passion with Cal. Uh, to me, you know, not just a Hall of Famer, but, but a real legend and icon on the Mount Rushmore of, of not just Baltimore athletes, but uh, maybe on the Mount Rushmore of uh, shortstops all time, it, it clearly. Uh, I've had uh, the pleasure of, uh, you know, going into his uh, streak tying game, streak breaking game at his Hall of Fame induction. Uh, I was lucky enough uh, to be on the field for his retirement ceremony when I worked for the Orioles. And uh, his, his career paralleled a lot of uh, my growing up and watching baseball. So uh, his cards have always had a special connection to me. And uh, the, the ability to really kind of uh, geek out with, with one of the, the few people that uh, probably dives deeper into uh, Ripken minor league cards than I do. And Joe uh, is just, just a tremendous collector, a tremendous knowledge base. And... Uh, uh, once again, glad glad he came on to share this. So, uh, if you're into uh, super rare, uh, super cool uh, Cal Ripken cards uh, with with pop counts lower than a T206 Wagner, uh, please uh, listen and uh, you can learn a little something. I certainly have through this process. Thanks again. All right, we are welcome uh, back to uh, Sports Ball, a Baltimore Sports Collectibles podcast. And uh, normally I don't have clients on. Uh, I, I like to keep my clients in confidence, but this one uh, touched a little close to home, uh, both geographically and, and my personal love. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be involved uh, with Joe Weinstein uh, sometime last summer, I think it was. And uh, we, uh, or my, my part was, was uh, half of one of the uh, greatest untold uh, Cal Ripken card stories. And I say untold. Uh, that's not completely true. Uh, let me say uh, unknown Cal Ripken card stories. Uh, that, and I, I think it's great. I want to bring it to public. I, I, I think it's worth talking about because I think it not only involves somebody I love, but some rare cards that people may not know about. So uh, longtime Baltimore resident, lifelong Cal Ripken fan, and uh, I'd like to call him a friend. Joe, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hello, Danny. Thanks a lot for uh, having me. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, tell about uh, the card that I was able to uh, get, the Holy Grail Cal Ripken card, and uh, you know how, what led me to uh, be able to make that purchase. Yeah, and, and um, to give a little bit of background, a lot of people um, are familiar with Cal Ripken and Cal Ripken rookies. 
um, for a lot of people, and, and, and I am absolutely not ashamed to say I'm dorky enough to wear a 82 Tops traded Cal Ripken shirt for this. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, this card was considered the, the, the maybe the holy grail of Ripken rookie cards. Everybody's familiar with the three-player 82 Tops card with uh, Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner. But, uh, you know, or the Fleer or Dunruss, the, the regular versions. And so the Tops traded was a little bit more exclusive. It, it, it does go for more money. Um, but uh, th there, there's a whole another level to Ripken collecting. And this is kind of uh, the world I wanted to enter today. And so one of the things that, that I, I want to explain is minor league cards have existed for a long time. And minor league cards are typically, you can still go to a minor league game today. I take my kids to Aberdeen or Bowie frequently, and you can go into the team store and buy a pack of team cards. And there's typically not a lot of value uh, for whatever reason, uh, production, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there, there's a rare set of cards when the Orioles had a minor league team in Charlotte uh, from 1980. And Cal Ripken was a part of this team, and there was an uh, orange version and a blue version. Uh, they're both very limited and both highly sought after, uh, but, but there's something special uh, about one of those versions. Uh, the amount of these cards in public, I got to tell you, in 30-some years in the business, I've only seen a handful of the Ripkins ever, much less a, a set. So, Joe, could you give us a little background, uh, first of all, on uh, the, the Ripken cards that we uh, sold, and, and I'll just give a general idea. We, we sold uh, over $10,000 worth of some pretty rare Cal Ripken rookies that I talked about. So, so explain those, but then explain the reason we sold them and, and what you were after. Sure. So um, as, as you mentioned, um, Cal Ripken has, um, he has four main uh, 1982 rookie cards that have been produced by the, you know, the, the major companies. There's a one from Fleer, one from Dunris, one from Tops, and another set from uh, Tops Traded. So those are his four um, main rookie cards that are known to most people, and you know the one that you have uh, displayed on your shirt over there, the uh, Tops Traded. So um, those cards are, you know, they're they're pretty fairly common. It's it's pretty easy to get them at, you know, a decent prices. You know, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, you can get one that's ungraded in their mint-to-mint condition. However, if you want those in higher grade, um, PSA 9s are, are going to go for, depending on which one it is, uh, the Tops, the Dunruss, and the Fleer are the more common ones to find. You can get those for around, you know, $100 to $150. The Tops traded in a PSA 9 would probably be uh, between $400 and $500 around now. And the uh, tops, however, in, in PSA 10s, um, you know, everything is about the, the grade. And in PSA 10s, these cards are, are um, you know, going to be a lot more expensive than that. The, the tops and the Fleer and the Dunrists um, are all going to be over $1,000, between $1,000 and $2,000 for a PSA 10. And the tops traded is... Um, I believe the going rate right now is between five and, and six thousand um, dollars, and the reason for that obviously is because those those ones are much more scarce in higher grade. Um, the tens, I believe, for for the tops traded, there's only about a few hundred of them, and and the same thing for the Fleer and the Dunruss, there's only a few hundred. Um, I believe the tops has more than I think the tops has 
closer to 600. But uh, Joe, Joe, relatively... I just want to give Joe, I want to give perspective real quick. The uh, Luka Doncic Prism rookie, I think, just crossed 20,000 PSA tens. So I just want to give a little bit of perspective to people. Uh, you just mentioned the population counts on these PSA tens as a couple of hundred, right? That, that's what that's what we're talking about. Correct. Okay, I just wanted to clarify because that's an amazingly low number, uh, I think, for what people are used to, and that's a very key part of this story and why the PSA tens are so special. Yes, and so I I had these I had a couple of um, the PSA tens um, in a couple of Fleer, a couple of Dunris, and and a couple of the uh, tops traded, and I had bought them before the market you know skyrocketed, so they were still expensive, but they weren't as expensive as they were they were still they were a fraction of, of what they 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 ended up you know being worth or, or what they're worth now nowadays, and. Um, being a longtime Ripken collector, I always had wanted to, um, you know, get the the holy grail of of Ripken, Ripken, of Ripken cards. And and as you mentioned, um, what a lot of people don't know about Ripken is that he actually has four minor league cards um, that are much more rare than his rookie cards, and in any grade are much harder to find. And I actually had a couple of those. Um, there was one by a company called TCMA, and that's when he was in Rochester from 1981. There's another one from when he was with uh, another one from Rochester in 1981. Uh, it's called WTF, and um, the company is actually it is what you think it means. <laughs> it was actually made by <laughs> back someone, in back in 1981, right? Back in 1981, yeah. The it was um, it was actually the I actually spoke to the um, the person who made the card. His name is Stephen Kozell, and um, he needed some money when he was in college, and he made a deal with the team to be able to um, uh, make like a, you know, a print of, of the uh, Rochester Red Wing cards of the team, and um, they let him do it, and he, he and his friend weren't sure what to name the cards, you know, um, because it wasn't an, he wasn't an official brand or anything, so he, he came up with a name of a, a supposed person that was a friend of his that had passed away, Walter T. Franklin, sure. and um, that was obviously it was just sure. a made-up name, but he did that to be able to call the set WTF, and uh, you know it worked. Then I don't think it would work nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, before texting. Yeah, exactly. So um, that card is 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 one of his more rarer cards, and then. The two most rare cards are uh, a blue border card from 1980 when he was with the Charlotte O's, Charlotte, North Carolina. That card is um, really rare and, and hard to find, but even more rare than that card. And that was given out by WTV, the, the TV station, the local TV and if station. I'm, and if I'm correct, those, those were actually given out as a complete set that, that you could get all at once. Correct. Those were given out as, as a complete set at the stadium on um, you know, on, in 1980, at some, at a, maybe one or two games um, during the season, they gave out those those sets. They gave out those cards in a set of 28 cards. Now, the set which is much more rare and scarce is the 1980 Charlotte O's orange border set, and it's the same image as the blue border. However, the orange border was given out by the police in Charlotte during the 1980 season. Wait, wait, th this is not the band. The actual police would just give them out randomly? Correct. The police in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, would give out these cards. I believe they would go to 
to um, classrooms of, of kids and tell them about the importance of, you know, police in, in the community and, um, you know, how they can be vigilant if they see any things that look <laughs> suspicious and being reporting to the police and, and respecting the police and all of that. And they would hand out these cards in, in the classroom to, to these kids one by one. So it was never uh, it was never uh, given out as a complete set, and it was never something that you could purchase. Really, it was just uh, given out randomly by by the police. And in fact, the the cards on the back of them had um, crime prevention tips about what you know kids can can do to uh, you know or just to make sure they're obeying the law and you know keeping everyone safe. And that's uh, that's how these cards were given out. These cards were. So there were 25 total of them, three less than the blue border set. Right. And um, but the, but the, again, they were. They so it's so a 25 card set given out one or two at a time, you know, after a classroom. All right. So we've talked about it. I can't wait any longer. Can you give us a quick peek of the of the Ripken uh, orange uh, for, for those of those who have never actually seen one online or in person? Can you uh, give it give us a little little sneak peek at your collection? That, sure. that Ripken. There we go. Move that around. That's the Holy Grail. So if you're a Cal Ripken collector, could you do me a favor, read the PSA labels so people know exactly what PSA is calling this for us, Joe? Sure. The yeah, you, that's great. That, great. Thanks. 1980 Charlotte O's Cal Ripken Jr. Police Orange Border. That's fantastic. That That is for any Cal Ripken fan, that that is an honor. Now, so so did you? Was it the one Cal Ripken that you were after? Because I mean, they're extremely rare, uh, but you do hear about them from time to time. So was that the ultimate goal, just the one Ripken? So the ultimate goal was to get that, um, you know, holy grail of of Ripken cards. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to find a longtime Ripken collector in Colorado who um, actually had who had compiled the complete set himself. Um, and I was able to get the, the, the entire set of, of uh, cards. Now they're not all graded by PSA. All of them are, you know, they're, they're ungraded, but um, they're in, I would say near mint to mint condition for the, the majority of, of the other 24 cards. And- um, Are you aware, yeah, are you aware of any other complete sets? I am, I, I do know of another a long time Cal Ripken collector that has a complete set. Um, I, I don't know of anybody else, but I'm, I'm sure there are a few. From what I've heard, we're talking absolutely less than five from what I've heard. The question is, are we talking two, three, or four is what I've been told. Does wow. that match what you understand maybe at most? Yeah. I mean, that, like I said, the only other one that I'm aware of is this other person in, in – um, you know, he lives in Pennsylvania. Who's a long so that long. that might be the two. That might be it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, in our industry, when things transfer from one buyer to the other, sometimes people double count it because they they heard about the collection in Colorado. Now they've heard about a collection in Baltimore, and some people are counting that as two collections, without realizing that, that it was actually a transfer of their purchase collection. Um, I think this is an honor to to get to see this. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I've loved it since the first minute we've talked. I, I think we bonded right away. Um, I am uh, going to reveal some of my complete uh, Cal Ripken dorkiness. Uh, I was born in June of 78. Cal was drafted in June of 78. 
my first baseball game uh, was the 83 Tippy Martinez game, and it was Cal's first MVP season. Uh, my last day working for the Orioles was Cal Ripken's last day with the Orioles. I was on the field for his retirement. Uh, my daughter uh, was uh, nine months pregnant uh, with my wife at Cal Ripken's Hall of Fame induction. Uh, so uh, I have, uh, you know, when I was at the tying game, the breaking game, his last game, uh, I, I am a personal collector. I've never talked this much about a personal uh, collection or something I do uh, non-professionally. But uh, this was such such an attachment to you. You're one of the few people I've ever met um, that really shares this love. So uh, uh, any, anything else you, you, you want to add? Uh, because this, this is really a gift. Sure. Well, again, thanks. Thanks for this opportunity. But I, I will add that in case, you know, some people are wondering what, what the, the pop report might be or how many Please. of them there actually are of, of the Ripken cards um, of the orange border. Um, so there's there's only 34 total that have been graded by the three main companies, PSA, SGC, BGS. PSA has graded 27 of them, uh, the highest being an eight, which has never seen the open market. And to put it in perspective, there are more documented T206 Wagners on the market. Yes, almost double the amount of the orange border cards are the, the, the Honus Wagner, which is considered the holy grail of all baseball cards of all time. Yep. Um, and then I believe it is it is the, um, from based on my research and a couple of people that I've spoken to, it is the highest card for it's the highest so a psa 6 i should say a psa 6 did sell last year um for just over twenty four thousand dollars and that is the highest known price for any minor league set card so any yep. card that minor league card that has come from from a set um that is the highest uh, highest price for for any minor league set card and it's also the highest um price of any cal ripken card ever sold I mean, I, I, I w w was try giving you a, a little privacy there, but I'm so glad you shared that. Uh, that's part of the reason that I love this so much is, is I, I don't think people realize quite how rare it is. Um, I, better than that, there are a few cards um, that I still think have growth potential from a financial basis. And, and it's not just a passion, but ju just looking at the finances on this. Uh, your vintage cards have a slow growth appreciation. Uh, your modern cards tend to be overpriced to be honest with you very few you know ever, ever go up from a half million dollar one-on-one super refractor and uh you've got this kind of weird in between time where you're you're out of out of the classic vintage years you're you're, you're not quite into the junk wax and then you've got this minor league card uh given out by you know created with, with a tv station sponsor given out by police uh in charlotte which is it has not been an oriole minor league city for for decades and uh it's really a confluence of a lot of things to, to, to end up where you did with that card. Um, I, I, I think you still owe me a chance to uh, see it in person. Uh, so I'm going to call you out on that and, and definitely take you up on that. Uh, but, but for the Ripken collector, if they are not familiar with this, uh, there are some resources out there and, and none of these are paid sponsors, but uh, where do you get a lot of your Ripken information? Let's just share that for people. Sure. So, just to be clear, that the one that that sold last year was not was the PSA six was not the one that that I bought. My, my oh no 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 I understand. I was just trying yeah, to give a okay. ballpark of of what we're talking about yeah, as far yeah, as scarcity yeah. and, so and value compared three. compared to an eighty two tops. You know I just exactly. want, yeah, right. yeah yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of the 
most I would say most of the information that I've gotten from regarding um, Cal Ripken's minor league cards are, is from a, a website called ripkinintheminers.com. You know, no spaces, just ripkinintheminers.com, and that website is devoted to his minor league cards. It gives you all the information you could ever possibly want to know about any all of four of his minor league cards and and the main purpose of the person who put the website together was to be able to make sure that that you know there were, there had been a lot of fakes of these um mm -hmm. minor league cards due to their scarcity and and high price that and, and 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 low quality print to be honest with you right and, and the the print that because you know some of the cards that have been made by the police by a tv station by a college grad they weren't made by you know um real companies in, in factories they were made in someone's backyard or something yep. so um it, it's pretty easy to um to make fakes of them and and psa has actually graded a couple of fakes of you know of, of a few of the minor league cards um yeah. so because of that this this uh longtime ripkin fan put together this website and has like i said all the information you could uh possibly want to glean on you know all of Ripken's cards, the population reports, the prices, the background, and yeah, that's that's where I've gotten most of my information from. And uh, I think Joe and I might be taking something granted here. Pop pop reports and population reports are the amount of cards that are in the market that have been graded by a company. Uh, you referenced uh, well, thirty four between all three companies, so that's going to be PSA. Beckett and SGC. Uh, typically, when we talk about pop reports, we're talking about those three companies. Uh, PSA ke keeps a more formal registry that, that goes back a while. Uh, SGC has been known for, uh, for years as one of the top graders in Beckett. You know, Dr. James Beckett created the guide. So all three have, have their pluses and minuses, but those are the three we're talking about. And when you get, and, and I want to stress this, when you get into pop counts that low, um, listen, when I buy vintage cards i have higher prom cats than that i mean it's easier to find a 48 leaf jackie robinson uh than it is the card you have i mean that that's just the reality yeah and and yeah i am you know really grateful to have been able to uh you know work with with you and be able to uh you know consign my uh my ripkin rookie cards to be able to uh you know sell them to get the uh you know the the amount of money that was needed to purchase the uh, the orange border which is you know the pinnacle of of my ripkin collection well i appreciate that and it, 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 i took a quite a multi-state deal to get to work we uh these cards went all over the country uh and, and, and so i'm uh, glad it worked out but it also shows you there's cow ripkin lovers everywhere so i'm glad there's other people that share our passion Joe Weinstein, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Uh, I, I'm sure you and I will see much more of each other. Yep. Thanks again. Take care. No, I appreciate it. Take care. You know why this podcast sounds so good? Because I work with Leon at Digital Empath Studios, Baltimore's number one podcasting studio. For all your podcasting needs, contact Leon. He will help you get your podcast, your recording, your music career off the ground and in the right direction. He does an incredible job for me and for my podcast, and I know he will for you as well. That's digitalempathstudios.com. Thank you for listening to Sports Bolt, a Baltimore Sports Collectibles podcast. I can be reached on all social media at Sports Bolt, and that's S-P-O-R-T-S-B-A-L-T, and online at sportsbolt.com. All opinions expressed on the show are solely mine or that of our guest. No information should be relied on for any investment decisions. 
advertising packages are now available. Please contact me for options. Thanks, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.